0: Hi, and welcome to episode 29 of the Page One podcast. I'm Marco.
1: I'm Tarek.
0: And thanks for joining us for another episode of the Page One podcast, where we talk to writers of all kinds about their work, about their writing process, and try and get as many hints and tips as possible. Uh, about how to write because that's what me and are we want to become writers ourselves and uh, this is a great way to give me
1: your secrets writers. exactly
0: exactly uh, and there's a whole host of back episodes there with people like David Baldacci Sarah Pimbra and also sc- screenwriters uh, like Mike Carey and lots of lots of different types of writers that we've spoken to and it's all been really useful so hope you check those out if you haven't before Uh, Also hope that um, everything is great with you just now because obviously we're all in a lockdown situation or certainly we are in the UK and I think in large parts of America and stuff as well at the moment. And when you're locked down, this is a shameless plug that I'm about to do, which is perhaps in bad taste. It's a
1: seamless segue. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: You might be wanting to write that great book that you've been wanting to write. And what we also (laughs) do here, what me and Tarek and our... uh, silent host silent co-host tim <laughs> uh, i've also made is, is a notebook and do you want to tell the people about the notebook Tarek?
1: i will indeed the the notebook is called page one notebook and we've mentioned it a couple of times obviously in the podcast but for those that don't know what it is it is a writing tool to help you structure and plan your story so it's a notebook split into sections such as plot Setting, uh, character, etc., etc. And the idea is that you can use this for planning. You can use it to track when you're submitting to agents. You can sketch parts out. You can have ideas for your yeah. next book in it. You can. It's it's a one stop shop for planning and writing your novel.
0: Yeah, and it's got special templates and everything that that we've designed, and it's been a big hit with both professional authors and aspiring authors mm-hmm. and writers. So um, please do check that out. It's on our website. Um, also. I promise you, this is the last begging part of the podcast. But if you could, (laughs) if you enjoy the podcast, uh, this episode or previous episodes, if you were able to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would be amazing because it helps us climb up the charts. And that means that we get better authors. Authors such as?
1: Harriet Tice, which just so happens to be this week's guest. Uh, Harriet Tice was a best-selling author in the Sunday Times chart. I think she hit uh, number two, I think she got up to. Number two or three, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, And all from her debut novel, very mm-hmm. first novel, Blood Orange, huge hit. It was selected for the Richard and Judy book club, which for those that don't know, which is mainly those who are not in the UK, she uh, is essentially a book club, kind of like the Oprah Winfrey book club, mm-hmm. which if you get picked to be in the club, you are just everywhere. The marketing yeah. from it is incredible in every bookshop, you know, more bookshops than you would be in supermarkets, etc. Yeah. So it really is a massive boost. And not Elvis, it's quite a small, a small list. So to be picked to get into, into the club is a massive thing. Yeah,
0: for your debut novel, it's amazing. And we speak to oh, Harry about me. that. And also about how, although she seems like an overnight success, it, you know, there was a long path <laughs> to get there. As, as often happens with these debut authors that are successful, there's been a lot of work put in beforehand. Um, and also talk about her upcoming book The Lies You Told which is hopefully out in July, coronavirus permitting Um, so there's a lot there, a lot in the podcast so we hope you enjoy it and uh, we'll be back at the end of the podcast to chat a bit more and let you know who is on next week's podcast See you then Did you always want to be a writer? Because you were a criminal barrister, I think, before, is yeah. that correct? So what made you turn to writing?
2: Well, I started off, when I was a lot younger, I wrote a lot of poetry in my teens, which was, I think, probably very bad. I haven't dared look at this again. <laughs> I found one, I found an old school magazine and one of them, and it had... The weirdest sort of capitals all down the side, and it just looks. And I'm not quite sure how it was wrong because I don't really know about how to write poetry. But um, I am, um, and the teacher had been really encouraging. And then I discovered Sylvia Plath, and it all went a bit south. Um, <laughs> and he said it's very self indulgent, and that kind of put me off. For- <laughs> probably the best part of 20 years right. which is um i mean i did english at university but then i did a law conversion and then i was right. uh, a criminal barrister um and i gave that up when i had kids because it's not really i it wasn't a job i could combine um in the way that i wanted to do parenting and work mm. um and and then i just sort of got st- i mean i'd always read obviously mm-hmm. um and i just a friend of mine signed up to do an MA in creative writing and I was really angry. Um, I was absolutely furious with it I just I couldn't believe it and then I had to go away and to work out <laughs> why I was so annoyed about this because it was such a bizarre reaction to have and then I thought you're just jealous that's what it uh-huh. is Harriet you're actually really really jealous um and I started to look at MAs and I'm like oh my god 5,000 words I haven't got that I haven't got anything um so in the end I did a little evening course and it you know I started out too scared even to want to introduce myself and then we had Mm -hmm. to write sort of three sentences and reading that out loud was terrifying but it sort of progressed and I had a 2000 word short story which had I thought a brilliant ending great hook Well, not hook as much as twist I was chuffed with it um and it just sort of progressed it didn't start out with a plan Mm -hmm. you know I didn't sort of I think that As I kind of went on, I then developed the idea that I wanted an agent. That was Mm -hmm. what I wanted. And I was working towards getting an agent for probably, I'd say, seven or eight years. That was, you know, and I'd done sort of manuscripts. I'd done two partials and one complete. And I had submitted to, I wouldn't be able to tell you how many Mm -hmm. agents. I mean, I didn't sort of go down the full list of hundreds. I had a list of... For the book this I'd finished before, well, I say book, but for the manuscript I'd finished before Blood Orange, I had um, probably got a list of about 30 agents that I was keen on. And I tried, and I got, I think, six or seven people asked to read the full MS, which was encouraging. Mm-hmm. And the nose kept getting better, but you know they were still no's at the yeah. end of the day. That, that, that's quite a kind of hit rate, though. Six or
1: seven out of thirty is quite quite high. It was. It was.
2: It, I was very pleased. I mean, mm. I may. I may have put out of my mind more agents than you know that that. Yeah. It feels as if there were a lot of rejections, but by the end, it 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 certainly had felt good enough to keep going. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That 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 that. And the rejections were sort of. It, they were I mean they're all kind of the same yes at the same time kind of different but the key point that all of them made was that they liked my writing yeah they didn't you know the the, the story was beyond redemption and that there was obviously going to be way too much work to do on it and and I mean like look back on it now and think actually yeah that it was a deeply flawed piece of work mm-hmm. but um it I had feedback enough to feel that it was worth it was worth keeping going. It was yeah. worth worth sticking in the game. Um, and um, and then, yeah, after that, I signed up to do the MA at UEA in the end in crime fiction. And it all kind of it all sort of came together. Finally, then that I got an agent and it was weird because I'd never actually thought what happens next. <laughs> It's just like, all you do is you want an agent. Oh, yeah, I need an <laughs> agent. I've got, they've got an agent. And it's like, what do you need the agent for? Was not a question I'd ever asked <laughs> So then suddenly it's like, oh, it's going on submission. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? What? <laughs> Hang on, publish it. Shit, no. You know, what? Um, and it all happened bizarrely fast. Because I signed with, I was halfway through the MA course when I got my agent. I There was the opportunity to submit. Ten thousand words to um, David Heim for a scholarship. Was
1: that part um, of the course? Was it? Was that part of the course? Yeah, it
2: was part of. It was oh, part of the cool. course. So they, yeah. so you actually sort of had it being read by, and yeah, and that was that was one of the main draws. Aside from you know learning more and mm-hmm. being in a structured environment and and having a workshop group and all of that, it was also. As a way of, it's not. Well, it is bypassing the slush pile. I mean, they're forced to read it yeah. if it's yeah. their competition. <laughs> yeah, you know, even true. if they don't, yeah. even if they don't get very far through it. You know. Yeah. Um. And I didn't win the scholarship, and I was like, oh god, you know that's. But I mean, at the same time, I knew it wasn't the end of the game. Again, it was still. It was disappointing, though. Um. And about three weeks later, I had an email from Veronique, um, who is one of the agents there, saying she'd actually really liked it, and would I like to come and? Well, it was a very sort of tentative email, you know. Would I would I like to chat, or maybe share a bit more, or mm. meet her for coffee? And I am like, coffee there where well, <laughs> there. Um, I'm on my way. You know, exactly. And then um, we had a nice we had a nice meeting and she offered me representation in it. And again, it was quite funny because I wow. said, does that, does that mean I've got an agent then? And she said, well, look, there's lots of agents out there. You might want to go and, you know, you should really go. And I'm like, no, 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 I know you're here. <laughs> Why would I didn't I... know
1: based on just the first 10,000 words or so that, that yes. you said. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's, that's
2: fantastic. Yes, yes. And that was, you can't, you're never going to get that kind of enthusiasm, you know. I think if someone clicks with some, you know, if you get that level of engagement with something, it it, it would seem really, it would have felt really weird to go out there and gone shopping, mm-hmm. you know, and to yeah, of course, yeah. I think you know it. It just, and I mean, because also I knew that this wasn't some sort of fly-by-night kind of random this was you know someone I knew of and, mm-hmm. and I, knew, yes. I knew her name and I knew the authors that she represents and so it was all you know it wasn't dodgy and any you know it was mm-hmm. it, and, and it just and then that was in November of 2016 and then it went out on submission in 2017 in May and 10 days later we got the offer from Headline from Wildfire. Ooh, so, that's so that was a dream, that's that's
1: dream path that everyone wants to do. It's,
2: it's just, it was ridiculous because you know, you spend all these years waiting and waiting and just rejection after rejection, and then suddenly, boom. And it, it was quite a lot to, I mean, there were two years between almost two years between the acquisition of the book and publication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have. Time kind of to get used to the idea. But I mean it I it, it I think it's sunk in now, but still it's very surreal, you know. It is quite odd.
0: And then of course you ended up in like Rich and Judy Book Club and things like that. Yeah, that was
2: that was that was not um anticipated. I think <laughs> it's to say. well they hadn't they'd been kind enough not to tell me. You know, I didn't have any someone had said to me at one point, another an editor at a different publishers I'd met at a launch and she she sort of, when's your paper back out? And I said, oh, I think it's Boxing Day. I'm not sure. And she said, oh, they'll be putting you in for Richard and Judy then. And I looked at her like, what? Because I didn't, I mean, I still don't really fully understand it all. But uh-huh. it was, um, they have slots and publishers can put forward a certain number of books for each mm-hmm. slot. And um, anyway, I just said, well, no one said anything to me. And she said, well, it's always a long shot. She wasn't being, you know, it wasn't mm. to put me down. It was just mm. more as a kind of, you know, there are a lots of, books out there, which are all really, really good. So you can't ever... Um, and when my editor called me, and she she'd sent me an email saying, you know, can I have a chat with you later? And I thought, oh shit, I'm really late on book two. <laughs> and So for the first fifteen minutes of the phone call, I was making elaborate excuses about why <laughs> it was, you know, I was going to get my homework in, just not quite <laughs> yet. Yeah. And then finally, she broke through and she said, "There's something I needed to tell you. I'm calling for a reason." And um, and yeah, it was to say that 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 we we'd got it, which was just. Anyway, oh. a bit all a bit mental. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that, yeah.
1: what sort of impact does that have on you? Having have on on the book, having that stamp from them. That, I'm assuming advertising's great. Trying it's, on it's, bookstores, etc.
2: It's transformational. I think it's absolutely transformational. I mean, a phrase that my editor used was the halo effect. Mm-hmm. Um, that the one of the, I mean, it is. I think one of pretty much the biggest paperback promotions mm-hmm. that there is in the country. Um I mean the Waterstones is obviously if you're a Waterstones book of the month that's really big. Mm-hmm. But you know there's WH Smith's mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. You know it was there was the point that I was you know we were driving up and down for um to Edinburgh at Christmas and we were stopping off at surfaces, you know, at sort of Watford Gap and Newport Pagnell and and there it was. And you just don't, you know, I wouldn't expect to find myself in Newport Pagnell. Um <laughs> and um it and it meant also that it was in all of the supermarkets apart from Waitrose, which was sad because Waitrose is <laughs> the only supermarket that features in the book. Um <laughs> you know there's a scene in it and you're like oh could you not have but um, but yeah so it's it's it it has a yeah it they they have a huge it they have a huge impact they have a huge influence I mean it's it's I still can't quite anyway yes I keep saying it's quite surreal mm-hmm. but um but I think that it's um it's had a huge effect on it. It's had a huge effect on it. I mean, the sales of the fact that it, it got into the top ten. I mean, the fact that it got to number three was just. I had sort of thought, well, it would be absolutely lovely if it can be number ten for one week, because mm. then I can call myself a Sunday Times best-selling author, yeah. Harriet. Tight <laughs> um, and. And it did, and it got there, and it stayed there, and then it went to number, th- and it was like number three. That's kind of quite solid, isn't it? Yeah, you, can't, you can't, you can't take that away. <laughs> you, can't argue, you can't argue with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was an extraordinary. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. And uh, they were meeting them was just that was that. They, yeah, they they are, real, dude. yeah, I did it. I recorded a podcast with them. Oh. Um, and they are so on it, you know, that they had absolutely read the book and they were their questions were really it was it was. I sort of came out of it like, oh, my God, I don't even know what I said. I can't listen to myself again. I don't dare listen to myself again. But a couple of friends have listened to it and they said, it's all right. You make sense. It's not too bad. Um, but um, it was, you know, me meeting Richard and Judy and you sort of watched them all the yeah. way through being a student, yeah. you know, it was, was was quite something. Um yeah, it's, it's been it's been cool. amazing.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's it's one of these stories that's sort of like an overnight success that has been years in the making as, as most overnight <laughs> success stories are. That's
2: the thing. You never you never see the iceberg. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The iceberg, I think that the, the number of people who are genuinely an overnight success can be counted on one hand, mm-hmm. I would have thought. That 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 everyone has got Rejections and mm-hmm. and I mean and and I think that one of the key points that different you know the, the the people who make it are the people who keep going yeah because and and just sort of take each rejection and try and work out how to improve. Mm-hmm. you know you can and you can tell with people that you meet in writing groups that there are the people who are prepared to listen to criticism and there are the people who and i mean everyone's resistant at first of course yeah. because you don't want to be told that you know your piece of genius yeah. is actually shit you want to <laughs> you want just to be appreciated it's like editorial notes you get them and you're like yeah. oh oh she's right <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah 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 okay that's right um and it's you do just have to keep on you do just have to keep on going and if five people have told you the same thing they're probably right mm-hmm. yes. and if lots and lots of people have rejected it i mean i i the book i wrote before um called which was called three for a girl and it the title had absolutely no relationship to the book whatsoever <laughs> um but it had girl in it so we liked that and um <laughs> that that um I could have kept flogging it. I could have kept flogging it. And I I mean, I think maybe I'd have got an agent eventually, but I'm not sure who and I'm not sure. And it's sort of one of those things that if I had sort of pushed to that, and I sort of held on to that tight to me, and Mm -hmm. this is the book I've done, I can't Mm -hmm. possibly move away from it, then would I have been giving myself the best shot? And I think the answer has to be no, because by going away and you know by by allowing that to fail and then to yeah. start something, and then in fact, there was another one after that that was dreadful, and I really lost confidence for a while and then I thought, well, and that was when I signed up for the u e a course um and that's when I started blood orange and you know and that that I don't think the other book would have achieved
0: what what was it though that that gave you the 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 strength or the confidence to say right I'm just going to put this to the side this isn't working I'm just going to start again go back to square one kind of a thing well, you know what, what you'd obviously sent it out to a lot of people and kept mm. trying to get it but it's obviously at some point you've decided I need to move on now
2: because well, I, I think that's a thing that a lot of people, people struggle with well I think it's a, I I think I'm if enough to, if enough if enough people tell me something's not worked i'm inclined to believe them i don't sit there thinking everything's a work of genius at all i'm Mm. not massively um i mean i can be proud of it as a piece of work without thinking it's perfect i mean and i see the flaws very very strongly um so i'm not going to say it takes it, it if somebody i don't respect tells me something shit then i won't pay attention to that and I won't let that put me off my stride but if somebody if people whose opinion I respect all say collectively look this is not come together and I think also I mean for all that I'm a perfectionist and it's never right I do also know if it's completely wrong because with the second book I had written in 2018 I wrote an 82,000 word manuscript that went really weird and wrong and dark and i got to the end of it and i thought this is i don't think this is right but i need to give it so i gave it to my agent and i gave it to one of my best friends and they both obviously got to the really ropey bit at the same time over the weekend they were reading it because they both messaged me going what the actual fuck (laughs) and i knew exactly the bit they're at and i was like yeah all right maybe it's a bit much um and i think that afterwards um yeah, Casey said it was uh, it was like a fever dream and wow my agent was like, you know, some of it's really lush, beautiful writing, but, Ah." um, and we thought about it for two weeks. And then I just, and I kept bursting into tears whenever I talked about it. And then I thought, I can't fix this. I know I can't fix this. And I know actually I don't want to fix this either. I'd rather start something else than go back and ever look at this again. I've actually made my husband promise that even in the event of my untimely death, he's not on there to do a posthumous publication because it's so bad. Um,
1: but, and that that took you on to Blood Orange, which is a kind no,
2: that of that was that was that was that was pr- oh sorry,
1: was, uh, and, and this was what led you on to write your no, this was the one after Blood Orange. Well, so yeah, so you had two books before Blood Orange. Yeah, this is
2: no, this is this is this is after Blood Orange. This is oh, the sorry, one I to write post publication. Well, it was sort of ah, right. post publication. So well, last I, year I
1: had, to... I didn't I didn't did want to ask about that because I wondered. How... If you've had a successful book like that, that's that's been a big hit. There's a lot of pressure then for that second book and you know the second album, um, and 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 would do you do you have a similar type of book? Do you try to branch out in something different? I mean, it's a really difficult thing to grasp, I imagine.
2: Been very, I think learning how to tune all of it out has been. I mean, I've never written anything before that I knew people would read. You know, the, the 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 last thing I yeah. wrote, you know, when I was writing Blood Orange, I knew it was going to be read by my teacher and my 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 writing group and that would be it kind of thing. Mm. Um yeah, I think I haven't um I haven't branched out. I mean, there's still a barrister and there's still law. It was really difficult because I had to come up with it was a i'd still i'd had initially an idea of doing a kind of companion book so it was sort of telling different parts of the story in more depth and that wasn't something that the publishers thought they were particularly interested in which actually i think is right because i do feel blood orange is is complete mm-hmm. i don't think there's any more needs saying around mm-hmm. it um so they wanted a standalone um and that's you know, too much freedom can be quite frightening yeah. as well, because had you come up with an idea, um, and that, because I saw, you know, on your list that that was something, had you come up with ideas and the answer is, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I knew that I was, um, I knew that I was interested in, because we've just got my daughter through primary school and I found some of the politics of the school gate have been interesting. um, and it's just interesting, sort of seeing competitive parenting, and and mm-hmm. and just you know, it's kind of group dynamics, and 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 people playing out their fantasies through their children, and yeah. you know, all of that kind of thing. So I thought these, this is something I'm kind of interested in. How can I turn it into a? How mm-hmm. can I turn it into a story? And then it just sort of built. But the outline I gave them at the beginning is about. 100 times different from the book that they've had in the end and fortunately they thought it was all right and they thought it worked um but I mean there is a barrister there is an aspect of it's less about law and I think that I had thought originally that I was going to stick kind of to keeping things within a legal premise but um I think I might I think I may have ex- well I have exhausted my knowledge now because it was I left 15 years ago you know mm. so I haven't done it for and, and it's changed in so many ways. I mean that the impacts of austerity on legal aid mm-hmm. have been so great that that I think it's a very very different world and also yeah. in terms of you know digitalization in court and I just I don't want to go back and spend two months watching mm. people in court to try and to sort of get my knowledge up to speed um mm. and actually i think i'm having the confidence to you know because it's all about confidence as well that you have to start you know it's all sort of steps away from you have to develop i think you have to develop and you have to try and move on but it's 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 hard i mean i don't know you know i've finished i've now finished the line edits and the book is well at the, i mean the book's due to be published in July. Um, but of course everything I don't know everything mm, yeah. is gonna be up in the air yeah. or well, you know yeah. all of that. But um that in theory at least proofs are gonna be being put together around now. Um so it is kind of done pretty much. Um and um I think it's I think it's an all right piece. I mean, it's hard to tell, you know, I can't really tell because I've uh, been so close to it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always the way, to, yeah. you know, when you've done it, you're like it's it's really
1: difficult. Is it is it quite quite a comforting thing then? Would you say because we've asked this question to a few folk before? You know this whole write what you know thing, and was that quite a is maybe comfort's the wrong word? But was it quite nice having that security of writing something which you did know something about, and then you could take which is the 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 the, the crime the law, and All then right. kind of draft a thriller out of that narrative. Was that quite a nice way to yes to start? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think that it's. I think it's um it's about finding a truth in what you're writing that I had been struggling to work out how to explain it but I um when I was writing this most recent book, I was thinking a lot about characterization and how to how to do characters and I found my way to reading a bit about the Stanislavsky sorry, that's my computer, I'll put that off. Um that I found my way to um reading about the Stanislavsky acting Mm -hmm. method and there was something well there are a couple of things in that actually one of them which I think goes back to the resilience point of being able to overcome rejection and to keep going and that was about having no fear of failure in that you've got you just keep putting ideas forward and something's going to stick in the end because you just have confidence that there's an infinite well of mm-hmm. um, inspiration and creativity and that you're always going to be able to, you know, you try it one way, it doesn't work, but you can go back and try a different way and you can just keep doing that until it does come together. Um, in terms of the writing, what you know, it's it's not about books being autobiographical or it being in direct correlation to your experience but that you've got to find a kernel of of you in what you're writing from which you can then extrapolate so you know say you're writing about the death of a child you know you would hope to god that you've not experienced the death of a child but you will have experienced the death of something or the loss of something Mm. and you know you can think your way as you're writing the character into you know you you sort of then you have to just start thinking about you know how does it feel to experience loss and then you 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 sort of build from that and so Mm. it's it's a form of autobiography without being does that make any sense because i was trying to explain this to my editor and she was looking at me like i was barking mad but (laughs) but it's actually since i read that i was something like but that is exactly it that Mm -hmm. you know you're not you know you're not your terrible character who's sort of out there doing unspeakable things but yeah everyone's had in, in the case of of Alison, the mm. character in Blood Orange. I mean, you know, most people at some point have had a hangover and have woken up and gone, "Jesus Christ, what did I do last night? Oh my yeah. God, I didn't do that, did I?" And uh, you know, and then you you've got to take that and run with it and mm. just turn it into sort of, you know, you take the egg and you beat it and mm-hmm. you've got a meringue. But yeah. you know, you've got to have a bit of egg there in the first place. That's yeah. a good one. I <laughs> love that. I'm going to remember that. <laughs>
0: and do do you come up with the because obviously in blood orange the the characters are all quite they're they're all very strong characters but they're all very very flawed characters i think every I, don't I don't know what you mean but is it is do you come to a story with a character in mind or with uh a, a, you know a plot or an idea for a twist or something like that or does it just vary depending on what you're writing
2: i think it varies because i mean each i haven't written enough yet to be able to tell you in some ways but mm. i mean allison was the character that it was with with her it was a kind of combination of i'd had the experience being at the bar and of charging across the southeast with a wheelie bag mm. um and I'd certainly research the hangovers um, <laughs> for the, and, and the ending just, and I kind of just, this ending came into my head and mm. I wasn't sure who it was going to happen to or how it was, but mm. that was always there. But I had to sort of fill up a lot of words to get to that <laughs> point. Um, in the one that I've just written, the idea, as I say, it was kind of the setup was just that it's, it can be very toxic if you've got people competing via their children Mm. and and there was this sort of idea of narcissistic mothers and, and mothers and daughters and how that can kind of play through. And, and then the phrase came into my head of motherland goes noir. So it's kind of a bit <laughs> like that. Um, and also just trying to play with sort of feelings of, you know, being an outsider and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, seeing groups that are ready made and not being a part of mm-hmm. it and always being peripheral mm-hmm. and, and, you know, sort of playing with those kinds of things. Um, For the next book, I'm trying to, it would be good. I'd like to have a question as a starting point, you know, sort of Erin Kelly, I did a panel with Erin Kelly and she said that she starts off with a sort of what if scenario. And that's, I think, something that I'm trying to, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to sort of think of that Um, because um, it looks quite good on a cover, I think, <laughs> if you've got a question. Well, no, but, you know, you look at books which have been, I mean, you know, you look at The Silent Patient and it's been so hugely successful. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually, it's just it's genius in it's, its simplicity because it, it's, it's got this, this you know, she knows what, you know, only I can, only she knows what happens, only I can make her speak. And you're immediately there going, what, 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 what does mm-hmm. she know? Well, who, who are you? Why, yeah, yeah. why, Absolutely. what, what, what? That, that's
1: really important, isn't it, to to, especially... There's so many books on the shelf, you want that something I to catch your that's, eye immediately. Exactly. Yeah. That's
2: exactly right. And it's quite coming up with a hook. I mean, it's like the Steve Kavanagh book, the um mm-hmm. thirteen, you know, mm-hmm. the serial killers in the courtroom, mm-hmm. but he's on the jury.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, right. that's a great as a great setup. You just want to find out what that's about,
2: yeah, absolutely. It's 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 fantastic. So yeah, I mean that's something that I sort of feel that I'm I'm better at set ups. The hooks, and so I'm I'm setting myself a challenge of trying to think of a hook, um, which you know we'll see.
0: I was just going to ask: Is that sort of approach to thinking about writing something that you developed through the through the courses that you took? Because you know, there's this sort of, and I think it's you know, there's a romantic idea that if you're a writer, you're a writer, and you'll sit down and you'll just bang out a hundred thousand words because you're so passionate. And that writing can't be taught, and all this sort of stuff. But clearly, from not just I, from you, I, but from other people we've spoken to, it clearly does help. In whether it's because you are getting feedback or thinking about structure in a different way, I mean, what what did you? What was the main thing that you got out of the the course that you took?
2: I think. Well, I think that it can be. I think that aspects of it definitely can be taught because you can, if you read a book that's, you can tell the difference between a book that's well put together and a book that's badly put together. Mm. And you can tell one that, that, you know, where you know, where you are, mm-hmm. or if you don't know where you are, it's because they don't want, you know, it's a deliberate move. Yeah. It's not just because they're, 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 they're messing around with, you know, or they're just slipping from the point of view without proper flag flagging all, all of the you know if you've got lots of different time frames and you never I mean I, I can't stand it if I'm reading something and I'm suddenly like hang on a minute why am I here I was yeah. there a minute ago and now I'm here um and that is something that I think you can teach because you just you know you've got the question the question that was always going through in the MA was what's your fictive present where are you right now right. and I think you need to be able to answer that question every page of it mm-hmm. um I think that looking at Questions as to, you know, sort of how you characterize how you, um, the difference between plot and story, which I always forget, but one of them's the cat sat on the mat and the others, you know, the cat sat on the dog's mat is is, (laughs) is, 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 you know, puts in. That's cute is the more, yeah. more interesting yeah. so I think that the I think the plots the bit that makes the story interesting but it may mm-hmm. be the story that makes the plot interesting I mean I'd, I'd have to look it up but but those are things I think that you I think that you can teach and I think that courses if you can um, it's an, it's a commitment to you. You know, you're making a commitment of time. You are making a financial mm. commitment, mm. which which is obviously out of some people's reach. Um, yeah. Though a lot of bursaries are available and i mean and of course there are a huge number of online resources that 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 you know you can go away and read a couple of books and of course the biggest thing that you can do is just read yeah full stop because obviously yeah. you know that's the kind of key point if you've never read a book then you're going to write something quite odd but yeah. if you've read lots and lots of books then it's not at all difficult well i mean it's not impossible to go away and actually take it apart and go how does this work how do they do yeah. that um but you
1: you want to launch a crime book you you should have an understanding of how crime books work what the market yeah. like, etc. yeah yeah
2: i think that's right because if you don't know what's out there and you, and you have to read i think you do have to be reading some contemporary um you know there's no point just reading dickens mm-hmm. um because if you know if you want to write something that's going to have any kind of commercial appeal mm-hmm. now i mean but there are of course, people who are true artists who will just sort of come up with something amazing, and then you know I'm sort of thinking A McBride and the girl is a form mm. thing that mm-hmm. she she stuck to her guns with that book and and it in the end it absolutely um i mean i'm not I'm not an artist, so i mean you know, i I think I'm sort of fairly venal that I actually wanted people to read it. I didn't realize that's what I wanted, but actually Um, it seems that what I enjoy writing most is psychological thrillers as opposed to literary fiction and I like the idea of people I want the pages to be well crafted and well put together and you know I want it to be writing I'm proud of but equally I think I quite liked some of the interviews I've read recently with Denise Minor, where she's just like, yeah, it's completely disposable. It's totally transient. <laughs> and what's the problem with that? Yeah. You know, lean into it. And it then, there is an
1: interesting it. argument. I and mean, we've chatted a few authors who have said something similar, you know, who have said there's a difference between the literary greats and a really good page turning thriller and it's okay to write either you know you know not everything has to be the best written book it can be mm-hmm. entertaining and it can be good characters and a good plot and a good twist and that can be enough for a really good book and yeah i think realizing that is quite I, I think a lot of people want to write the next great epic or the next great amazing work mm-hmm. of art and I, I think realizing that you don't you don't the bar doesn't have to be that high you can you can craft a really good story mm. uh, that people like and people want to read you know
2: it can't all be, you know, Infinity's Rainbow or whatever. No, Infinity's Rainbow. I mean, I and the, there's a lot of pretentious shite out yeah. there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think if you can let go of those, it's an unnecessary aspiration um, because that is the kind of thing that is, I don't know. I mean, it depends what you want. But, you know, I yeah. wanted I wanted to be read. Um I don't know. And also, I mean, to be honest, I write as I write. I don't, I've never tried to, I've never really tried to write differently Mm because that is just how I write. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, if it comes to a point when no one ever wants to read psychological thrillers anymore, I'm going to have some problems because (laughs) but you know it's but it's how i read as well i mean i read elephant eleanor elephant i can never say it properly Mm -hmm. but anyway i read that and you know there's i don't know if you read it but it's got a cat in it Mm -hmm. so the cat appears and I just, the whole way through, I was thinking, oh, God, something awful's going to happen to that cat. <laughs> that cat's going to get it. That cat's going to be in a, you know, headless, <laughs> bleeding bucket of whatever. And, you know, I mean, and that, no spoilers here, but that's not, I don't <laughs> think I was reading the same book as <laughs> everybody. Yeah, sure. not, yeah. not that kind of book. Not that kind of book, so. Uh,
0: but, I mean, at the same time, that's, you know, if you try and write something that isn't you, just because you feel that it has to be a, you know, you've got to aim for some sort of literary pedestal or something, then it's it people will see through it immediately, I think. I think that goes back to I think you've to got the,
2: to, it comes back to there having to yeah. be a truth.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
2: there has to be a truth. There's got to be a truth. It's got to be, because, you know, just as somebody who writes, if somebody who writes a lot of literary fiction mm-hmm. decides... You know, as they do in their sneering kind of a way, that, oh, well, I suppose it's so easy. I'm just going to knock out one of these. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, yes, sometimes they doing. do. You know that I was. I was always. You know that there's there's one author I'm thinking of in particular who was. You know who who just knocked out a crime novel because it looked easy enough and it did really well <laughs> and you're like pissed off. You know, <laughs> but by and large, though, I think that you know if you're sneering in your head at what you're doing, then that sneer is going to come out because you are also yeah. sneering at your reader, and that's yes. you know yes. you shouldn't be sneering at your no. reader. That's that's that's. that's but I think that, you know, you can't decide. It's like people decide, oh, I'll just go and knock out Mills and Boone. But mm-hmm. actually Mills and Boone are, you know, there is a, it's complicated. It's not, you know, people yeah. can't just, every, if everybody could, then everybody would, yeah. quite obviously. But, yeah. you know, we've all read enough bad books to know that doing these things well is not, it's not just like falling off a log. You know, no. it, it it takes it takes a certain amount of practice and dedication and thought and you know and talent i suppose as well and and it's
0: also that you know when i write certainly i write in part to 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 find out what's going to happen in the story myself because it's a story that i enjoy and if you weren't doing that if you weren't being true to yourself, you'd be writing something that you'd lose interest in very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. You have to write something that you yourself would want to read. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah.
2: That's and, absolutely right.
1: And there is a, I think you're totally right. There is an element of of snobbery. I think across not just writing, but across all media. You know, you get that. You know, comic books or Drawner, action movies yeah. or genre. Yeah, there's, 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 there's always that people who who look down on other parts, other writing or other types of movies, etc. And I always think it's kind of a shame because. the there's plenty space for everybody, and
2: yeah, that's right. I think you know, it's, it's,
1: just because it's a comic book doesn't mean it's anything less. It's worth but, anything less than a crime. Book. Well,
2: no, because I mean, actually, you know, narrative through comic books is a whole different. I mean, I've had a look. There's that Scott McLeod book about mm. how it's done, mm. and I mean, it's incredibly complex, and yeah. and the way that times shifts, and you know, it's 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 there is there's real craft in all of this. And it's, yeah, it's, it's And I think things do last you know, I mean, I sort of say disposable and a kind of, I mean, do I imagine people will be reading my book in 50 years time? Um, I'd be surprised, but equally, why the hell not? You know, I mean, just as there's there's there's, I think you just, but I do think you just have to write the thing that, you know, you've got to know you're doing your best, that's all Mm -hmm. you know, if you know that you've done your best with this and that you're proud of it and that you haven't just sort of you've not been cynical in your approach towards it. I I don't think yeah. there's anything I mean I think that's all that you can do really. You can't really ask yeah. any more, can you?
0: No, no, totally. I think that's right. And going to back to the the actual process when you're when you're writing a book, I mean, do you are you someone that will sit down and plan everything out in detail? Or I mean, you said earlier that for your new book, your outline is entirely different from from what it ended up. I mean, do you, do you spend a lot of time planning, or are you a or as I, they say?
2: I plan and then it wanders off, and mm-hmm. then I and then I evolve the plan. I mean, I do try, and I mean, I did sort of try with all of the. I mean kind of five-act stuff. I mean, I got the Mm -hmm. Save the Cat novel book Mm, because I was in such a panic about it. And I mean, I do like, you know, I mean, I like the bits of The Long, Dark, Mice of the Soul. I mean, I think that is a good, that is a good moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that because it sort of ties in that story structure I think I don't know a huge amount about it but it is something I try and because I think it's what leads ultimately to quite satisfying stories that you have the sort of the payoff at the end yeah. and you've had the reversals and mm-hmm. and so I think that trying to come up with plot points um that tie in with those kind of what oh, I say beats but mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't ever um <laughs> But you know, you can start with that, and then you sort of go, Oh, hang on, no, that's Mm -hmm. this is what's happening. And in fact, I mean, with the last one, I had been sure about the way it finished, and I was sure about the person and how it all sort of panned out. And then I suddenly realized that someone else was actually really awful, and that it, and then this sort of last paragraph presented itself to me and in a way it was like, oh, and it's yeah. I don't know, it's it's the twist I'm actually yeah. the proudest of and it's the I had no um idea that it was gonna happen. I had no idea at all, you know, that, that it was at nine I I sent the draft in at eleven thirty and that happened to about nine thirty that morning. Right. Um, you know, and that well, was something yeah. that had not been on. So I think that I do have a sort of framework. I mean I do have a structure that I work with, but then um I'm very open to it changing. And then I try and make the plan and then I go back and I mean, and in a way, the first draft of the last one had lots of, you know, it was almost like I'd just put chess pieces on a board you know i yeah. had sort of holding positions mm-hmm. but i had no explanation as to why there was a character called robert who was perpetually in asia because it worked for the time difference in that he just couldn't be there and available on the phone at yeah. a particular time and i'm like why is he not on the phone i know he's in asia where it doesn't matter where he is yeah, in asia. that's an extra, the further extra away he he's yeah. got to be somewhere where it's a nine to twelve hour time difference as opposed to a six to seven time hour difference so probably japan yeah i see him in tokyo with any. <laughs> Not because Tokyo's got anything to do with the plot whatsoever, but you know, I think
1: that's right. I think when and a lot of people write the first draft, they get really they want it to be perfect that first time. And I think I think you're right. I think as you say, the best way is maybe always just to hammer through it. You know, make things happen as they need to happen, and then on your next draft, go back and fill in yes. the backstory story to yeah. make it more
2: That's absolutely right. I think that's absolutely right. That the, um, I mean that the process. This I mean, this was the first time I had done because, you know, the last Blood Orange was written via workshop and tutorials. So it was sort of edited as I went almost. It it when I when it was actually edited by my editor, it there were some changes, but nothing too dramatic, just because we'd sort of ironed out the worst of the flaws already. Yeah. When we um when I sent in um, the lies you told, the manuscript, it was it was literally a first draft I mean all I'd mm-hmm. done was go through and try and sort out the chapter headings but because I'd done it in Scrivener and then I'd imported it to Word it was the formatting was oh it was, it was I've done so
0: that before m-
2: yeah, it was
1: ridiculous
2: it was just so well I've discovered now how to do chapter headings so that you can navigate around a Word document so I don't oh, yeah. think I'm ever going to go back to Scrivener again <laughs> it was just, I mean I do love the fact that you can chunk it but equally yeah. that the compilation of the documents so painful that um and so what i sent was really messy and Mm. people's names changed and but you know the framework was there and so kate my editor was able to see mercifully that the framework was sound um and it went through three rounds of edits the the third round of edits no the second round of edits was well each of them were hard in their own ways but the first one was hard because it was trying to sort out plot Mm. the second one was I actually had to go in and be told in person that could I please change all of the 90,000 words from the third person into the first person oh no
1: way Mm. it was
2: it was um, it was okay I mean actually it was because it was the right call it was easier than I thought it was going to be but I did actually put my head in my hands when I was asked to do it it was like
1: what what makes you what makes someone think? I mean, that's quite a good a good point. How do you decide a first or third person and one? Why was it that you changed it from one to the other?
2: Well, I think I had actually I like writing first person, but because Blood Orange is first first person, I'd wanted to differentiate, and it was as arbitrary as a decision as that. It wasn't a decision um, yeah. made for the good of the book. Um, and when I was changing it um something kate had said was that it felt distant that she it just she felt Mm -hmm. too distant and i could see that she really did because there was just um you know if you're in the third person you're sort of you know she looks around the room and she can see that x and y is happening whereas i look around the room he's sitting there he's chewing i want to punch him it (laughs) is just yeah yeah. you get straight into the
0: character's head Yeah. yeah much much
2: greater even with close third Mm -hmm. it's even with close third there's still a much greater immediacy and that immediacy was necessary um because i think it's i do think it's a lot it and 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 i'd sort of said it's going to take me at least four weeks to do it Mm because i i was just i wanted to sort of manage expectations very very carefully Mm -hmm. and in fact i had it done in about 10 days you know it really wasn't I mean, though, I have to say, even when I was going through the line edits, there was still the odd bit had slipped through where I'd mm-hmm. missed it. But, you know, hopefully we'll catch all of them by yeah. the time it goes to print. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it does sound like the sort of thing you don't want to be told that to, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: well, Change the whole perspective it,
0: but, of this novel. But then if it's a but, droop, well, yeah, then, yeah.
2: It, 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 it. If it makes it better, mm-hmm. it's worth, you know, it's worth doing it. And it's, it's sort of, you know, and you get the feedback and you, you have to go away and just sort of absorb it for a little bit. But generally, you know, I'm sure that you've, you've sort of looked at the comparison between Raven Raymond Carver pre- golden lish editing and post golden lish editing mm. and I mean pre- golden lish editing I mean he's a maundering sentimental <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's great but it's verbose as hell and then you bring lish in and it gets lished and it mm. all gets cut down and and actually that's what sort of uh, you know it, it is a collaboration mm-hmm. and I mean and, and I think that it's it work is much much stronger for mm-hmm. being edited by a second pair of eyes because yeah. you lose you lose perspective entirely. Well, totally, and
1: we've all read big massive tomes by authors that are so big the don't get told anymore, you know. I can't,
2: can't think to whom you might <laughs>
1: And you do kind of think, this needs a, a third of it chopped off. And yeah, big start, big
2: start. And the shorter ones earlier on always tend to be yes, better than... exactly. The, the, yeah. The, but yeah, I guess there's a huge enjoyment in the world creation. And yeah, you easy to get
1: caught up in it, isn't it? And to create stuff no one really needs to know, but you want to tell them because you thought of And
2: it. Actually, and some people really want, you know, some people revel in the lushness no, of the entire true. kind of of you know it's 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 it has its place but yeah
0: (laughs) and uh of course the i was reading that the the tv rights is it tv rights or film rights that are for blood or tv rights have got well it's been
2: optioned by world productions so it's um at the moment i think the phrase is in development that someone's doing a script um it's there's been Interest by a new streaming company called Quibi. Right. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff
1: on your mobile, isn't
2: it? Yeah, that's right. Mobile yeah. and iPhone, um, iPad, and it's 10 minute episodes. Mm. So I don't know how many, you know, it's sort of, it, it's, 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 they, they, there was something in Deadline Hollywood that they talked about it um, really? but it's not you know nothing is nothing, oh, yeah. is, nothing is you know it it is what's brilliant is that it is being it is being done into a screenplay and i get sent the episodes oh, and it's brilliant. it's so surreal it's so surreal that you know somebody's working so hard on yeah. something that um, they're coming up with their vision of it and how it would work on the screen. Because, is it hard you
1: know, to it in someone else's approach? They, you know, if someone changes something, is that quite difficult? or is it? Or is it or can you no, I think that
2: I, think this, I see it as a different... It's a new iteration of it. I mean, it's not something that I could do. I have mm-hmm. no... You know, I've never written a script or a, I don't know how you do it. I don't know mm-hmm. what the... Um, I never really see myself as being that visual in the way that i write i don't i sort of imagine things more kind of as they feel rather than Mm -hmm. as they look if that makes any sense so i think that if i had ever had an aspiration of doing it myself i might feel resentful of of changes but because you know i'm just actually it's great seeing what someone else can come up with um it's, it's, and it doesn't feel like being flayed. I mean, I listened to the audio book for about 30 seconds, and even though she reads it absolutely brilliantly, it's, it's worse than hearing your own words. Really, you know, it's just like, oh my God, no, I didn't. Oh, I wrote. Oh, shit. I can't.
0: <laughs> I've, I've only recently actually got into audio books, and it's, it is, oh, they're it, brilliant, the, aren't the, they? There the, the is a, a good way of, 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 Taking on board so, certain types of stories, I mm-hmm. think certain types of books work much better as an audiobook mm-hmm. uh, than than others, definitely. But um, and it's
1: just so you can kind of slot into your day quite easily, you know, yes. like walk yes. or drive. You can just get quicker. Yeah, but it is different from a podcast
0: that, yeah. or something because you can sort of tune out of a podcast yeah, you and tune back in. To, a lot you more need to be, you. Yeah, you have to be paying attention to an audiobook, it tends to be. Um, so, The Lies You Told is due out in July. Yeah. What what is next? Is there anything else in the pipeline?
2: Um I'm thinking that's at the moment I'm thinking I mean it was a two book contract so that's me um I've got to try and come up with I mean I'm I'm yeah concentration spans a little bit sort of on and off at the moment yeah. so um, I'm coming up with various um thoughts and I'm going to see what I can put it into i think it would be good to have a project ongoing right now um Mm. i can say categorically it will be nothing to do with dystopia (laughs) um i just want to you know and i I think i think actually it's going to be a really interesting challenge to um that that not to allow current events to infect Mm. to heavily work because I mean, for a start, I don't think anyone's going to want to think about any of this no. for a long time to go. But secondly, yeah. you know, it will date it and it will, you know, that, 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 that. but yeah, I think that's, that's a sort of, but, you know, to be fair, we're not long into it. And so we haven't yet settled into whatever changes we need to make. Mm-hmm. Um And
0: I read a comment on Twitter from someone saying the people I feel sorry for are the agents that are going to get. 500 dystopian novels (laughs) sent to them this week you know
1: everyone's locked inside nothing to do but write stories and send them off to people can you
2: imagine no well i mean i think when it was all when it was all sort of kicking off i'd had a brilliant idea about being stuck at different points and you know i did think i mean i do think there is something in the kind of idea of it's all very well if you get locked down but what if you're not where you're meant to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and and that I mean, I I think that there could be there's scope if you can use it imaginatively. But I certainly, I I I think I'm going to be reading a lot of Jilly Cooper over the next few months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, I just
1: are away from this. As you I can
2: just don't want to. Know. But you know, I mean, I when I was we had these masterclasses when I was doing the UEA course, and one of them was. Um, with Ian Rankin, who was talking about, um, he was talking about the literature that's coming out of Northern Ireland now. And that while the Troubles were still, you know, at their worst, it was, there weren't that many books sort of being published on the subject that there was, you know, there was Colin Bateman. Of course, there are a few, but I mean, the Colin Bateman was more like comedic than, I mean, it had some serious points within it, but it was also very funny. Um and it's only once you get past the actual points of trauma that you can start to work out what's going on mm-hmm. and, and write coherently about it. Um, so, you know, we're, I think that anything decent on this is years off. Yeah, um, right. And frankly, I'm not going to bloody read it, even when <laughs> it's published. <laughs> it's going to have been... So, but, you know, it's a sort of... Chris O'Dowd asked a question on Twitter. You know, you sort of said, how do you not, how do you not, you know, what changes do you bring in? I mean, but we can't even imagine what permanent changes no, there might right. or might not mm-hmm. be. You know, you know, I she, she sanitised her hands and put on her mask <laughs> yeah, before yeah, going out to right. the shops. Is yes. sort of... I mean, you could chuck in the odd thing, but I mean, I tried, I have to say actually with the last, with you know, with everything I've written so far, I've, I've tried not to be too specific even about social media because I think that, you know, if you start talking about your MySpace page or, you know, yeah. you do, and I, I think that was the point actually that was being made by Denise Minor that shying away too much from current technologies and attempt not to date in a way almost, you know, it sort of misses the point in Mm -hmm. another direction because yeah facebook and twitter and they're all such big parts of our lives as they are now that you can't pretend they don't exist but um i mean i think that um Possibly setting so I'm thinking 1996 was a good year. Maybe I just like <laughs> the, idea, I all the technology,
1: social media yeah.
2: exactly. That there's nothing I think 1996, there was nothing terrible. Don't tell me if there was something terrible. <laughs> I don't want to know. I was blissfully unaware, and I would just want to, I just want blissful unawareness. Sounds like a good place for me to be. Um, but yeah, so I think I mean, I'd like to. I think that from the point of view of imposing some discipline in life and um, you know that that it would be good to be working on something and trying to write even if it's 500 words a day
0: yeah. it would
2: be good to be doing something yeah. because it that kind of thing is 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 good for the soul rather than you know spending your whole time just scrolling up yeah news and
1: yeah, yeah it's I yes. of
0: no, but it's unfortunately, yeah, it's far too easy to do. i right, not
2: yeah, exactly. yeah, I think, I think for now that's absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely right. But I have to say, it's been absolutely lovely to talk about writing again, and there's sort of there's a reminder that it does still exist, and it is going to exist. And you know, yeah. when you get particularly apocalyptic in vision, it's um, you know, it, yeah. it will still humanity survives the black death. It,
0: it,
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're know. all living three lizard heads for the next. Page Turner book in the future will be totally fine. The books will still be in (laughs) there. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: What was the last book that you read?
2: Oh. It feels as if it was so long ago. And it was only a week ago. Oh no, that's awful. Um, I'm sorry. You you are catching me right when we're in the middle of one of the biggest changes I know, that happened I know. to the entire bloody world. Um, that is, um, that is, is, is.
0: Don't worry, we've got other questions. We can move on from.
2: That, I have. So. You know what? I mean, I've 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 been reading nothing but news and long reads yeah. and medical yeah, reports. I so yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, go- I'm gonna I'm gonna I have got an amazing look of proof, amazing pile of proofs that I am going to and I mean and I'm currently reading um I can tell you what I'm currently reading which is not yes. yet published that um a friend of mine is called Louise Hare who's just published a book called This Lovely City which is a uh, Windrush crime um, it's brilliant absolutely brilliant book and um we were in a writing group together and she has sent me her new book two manuscript and so i've been reading that which has managed to hold my attention amazingly for (laughs) at least 15 minutes at a time which i say is a massive compliment because (laughs) nothing's holding my interest for that long (laughs) other than you know harvard Medical press. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I am going to try and. I think it just takes a bit of time, doesn't it? There's always mm-hmm. there's this big change, and it's always really shocking. And then actually, you get back into a bit more of a normal routine, yeah. and you just discover a new yeah. normal. And then you get back into doing the stuff you want to do, which is reading something. I mean, I've seen lots of people talking about this on Twitter saying can't read at the moment, just can't read. Mm. Are you reading? Are you managing to read?
0: Not, not massively. I have to say, yeah, because oh, it is because oh, you're always, yeah. you always just yeah. are tempted to look at your phone, and then when you start, looking yeah, at, the it's, problem, it's, exactly yeah,
1: the problem is that you have a book, and then after two or three pages, you think, or oh, just check what the latest." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many news apps now have got the live feeds with. So yeah. We're pulling together everything
0: across the internet and you're just scrolling through. Yeah. Although, actually, going back to the audiobooks, is, I am managing to listen to more audiobooks and that kind of takes you out of it because someone good else idea. is saying it to you. Because
2: that's actually the thing I found really good recently has been cooking and just doing mm-hmm. some cooking and kind of doing like housework and a mm-hmm. sort of mechanical,
0: yeah.
2: you know, mechanical things that still need to be done. And actually doing that while listening to an audiobook seems like that is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea. I might do that. that. Thank <laughs> you. Rather than the the, 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 the coronavirus podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, no, I can't. I just can't. I just um, can't.
1: What about the last film you watched then?
2: The last film that I watched was Parasite, actually. And right. it oh. was bloody brilliant. Yeah, that's an excellent Absolutely I that film. Absolutely loved really. it. We got it on... Um, we didn't go to the cinema. My husband had actually ordered it on Blu-ray from Australia. He was so keen Thank to you. guess it. And um, it was, sorry, my light's now going off. Is that? Let me just see if I okay. can. Um, And, um, yeah, put the screen up a bit. That um, yeah, it's just brilliant, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. And it's a domestic noir. Yeah, you know, that's the, it's, a yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a domestic noir, and yes, he's really clever with stairs, and <laughs> I know that he's making a socio-economic point, but it's a domestic noir, yeah. so you know people can get off their high horses about <laughs> just won a bloody Oscar. <laughs>
1: it was, it was um, a interview was, with the director, I think he said the only thing that separates you know people from this whole world of other f- films and fiction. Is like one point five centimeters. You know, it's like, it's just the subtitles. Once you get over that hurdle, yeah,
2: yeah, there's a yeah whole yeah, world
1: yeah. of films that, Hopefully this, you know, this winning Oscar will open the doors to a lot of other people.
2: I really hope so. I really hope so. Because it was just, I just, it was just brilliant. And I had, I didn't know what I was, um, I hadn't read very much about it. I mean, I had, I had it in my mind, it was horror. So I was a bit reluctant just because I'm very bad with horror. I don't like being scared. Um, but then actually I have to say I went away and I read the, um, I read the synopsis of the plot on Wikipedia and I felt much better watching it. I just don't, I get, I, I get scared. I don't think <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm not I a big horror it was, fan. I thought, it was, I thought it was genius. It was just so, and I did, and I mean, and I'm not a big one for cinematography, but I could tell, even I could tell it was really well, they yeah. were really good pictures that were being put together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the last TV show you watched or are watching at the moment?
2: Um, the last TV show I watched was Shit's Creek
0: oh, right. uh, oh, yeah. uh-huh. on
2: Netflix. And I love it. And it has been, I've recommended that to so many people as just pure escapist, yeah. wonderful, mm-hmm. but with a bit of an edge, you know, it's caustic, it's brilliantly written. And David Rose is just gorgeous. It's just, <laughs> you know, on every level, just gorgeous. It's just so well done
0: great well I, yeah, I a, it's on my like list of things to watch do you, I've never oh, actually yeah, and actually
2: and it's only 20 minute episodes so you know you can watch 20 minute episode and then check your phone
0: yeah
1: okay
2: and it's and they people who've undergone huge change you know they've gone from being filthy rich to losing everything mm-hmm. to being in this motel and and you know and they come out of it sadder wiser nicer people so you know change is good for us <laughs> <Yeah. it>. you've <laughs> got to embrace the change and embrace
1: the... Um, and the the, well, the very last thing we always do in each episode is a quick fire, either or. So just the first answer comes into your head and uh, silk or suits. Um, As in the TV shows.
2: Yes, but what's the TV? Oh, silks. Yes. Sorry. The one about lawyers. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 I'd say silks over suits. I've never watched suits though. So okay.
1: no, it's bad.
0: Uh, re- real book or an e-book.
2: Oh, it depends how heavy it is. <laughs> I quite like ebooks. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm. I love the immediate accessibility of Kindle. Yeah. You know, and that you can you can get what you like when you like it. And that I now do when I read real books, I sort of press the. Cool. <laughs> yeah. so.
0: So I find myself sometimes like you know how on a Kindle you can like hold a word or something and it will bring up. A, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Some, like sometimes yeah. even when I've
0: got a real book, I'm like. Oh, I, 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 my instinct is to press the word to try and find out how to what it is I
1: think that you might be the first person who's chosen ebook for that question, which I wholeheartedly agree with because I also like it for that for those same reasons.
2: I just remember. I mean, I remember going on holiday, yeah. um, you know, with rucksacks full yeah, of yeah. books, And then you run out and you'd just be stuck with whatever there'd be, which would generally be crap. And now you can sit there and go, oh, I feel like reading about this. And mm-hmm. you suddenly bought it. I mean, I just don't see how anybody can. Well, anyway, people like objecting. And I do love a book. But also, I mean, my house is full of them. Yeah. And there is a yeah. point where there is no more shelves. There is no more <laughs> yeah. space. And I just don't have I, I I'm I'm very fond of my e book reader.
1: Oh, um I'll go for one then. Uh fancy restaurant or a takeaway.
0: In normal times. Take away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in non lockdown scenarios.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, well, it's all right. Can, can, how about the fancy restaurant delivering to my house? That would ah, okay. be, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: That's happening quite a bit. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: it is. Right. yeah okay, fair
0: enough. Mm. And uh, another one that is affected at the moment, but in normal circumstances, TV or cinema? <laughs>
2: Uh, I'd always say TV, because I don't really go to the cinema, Um, but I may well be desperate to go to the cinema in another six months.
1: (laughs) Well, I, for one, would give that episode 10 out of 10, because Harriet, for the first time, I think, chose e-books over real books, which is as we all know,
0: the correct choice. Yeah, I mean, I think she might be the first one. Maybe not the first, but certainly one of the only ones to have chosen e-books.
1: The smartest,
0: the smartest one. Yeah, I mean, I always forget what sort of e-book Nazi you are there, Tarek.
1: (laughs) Yeah!
0: (laughs) Want to burn the real books and only keep (laughs) e-books. But, yeah, no, uh, interesting. I mean, I love e-books as well, because obviously great for going on holiday is the main advantage, but also great for... Reading at night, if your if your partner has got their light turned off, then you can still read your your yeah.
1: that's stuff I do love, and the fact you can read it with with one hand, yeah, leaving your other hand free to do whatever you would like to do with the other hand. Depends on boogie reading, I suppose.
0: Oh dear! Is that
1: (laughs) (laughs) appropriate? That might not make the penalty.
0: Oh dear! Just when we were trying to be
1: talking about drinking martinis, just when when we were trying to be sophisticated.
0: um, but also, uh, you know, audiobooks, we talked a bit about that there. I mean, I, I've, as I said, recently been listening to quite a lot of audiobooks and I find it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a good way to get through more books, I think, just because I don't have the time, you know, with kids and everything to yeah. read as much, but you can always be listening, like if I'm cooking or doing stuff, walking home and things like that, you can listen to ebooks on the way. and uh, yeah, not it's e-books, funny, I've actually audiobooks.
1: switched... I used to be. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts, and I've kind of drifted away from podcasts into audiobooks for in the last few out. months. Apart from this podcast, and if anyone listening out there stops listening to podcasts because of that, <laughs> I'll, I will never forgive myself. Um, but yeah, it's, I, as you say, it's a great way to fit more books into your day, especially if you l- listen to them on faster speeds. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which... I,
0: I listen one point two five at least, and it makes no difference to the.
1: Yeah, I think there's a point where it becomes. Comedy, like it, it gets yeah. sped up. But definitely, I think 1.25 is
0: a good Like one, the, the normal speed, they read it, they actually read it quite slowly. You know, mm, Lots of pauses. Yeah, so and you speedy. don't notice yeah. it if you speed it up a little bit and it does help you get mm-hmm. through them quicker. But also enjoy them. So thanks very much to Harriet for taking the time to speak to us. We really enjoyed that chat. And her new book, The Lies You Told, as we said, is hopefully out in July. So keep an eye out for that one. Definitely. And uh, who's on next week's podcast, Derek?
1: Next week, we have Strew and Murray, who is a children's author. Um, Orphans of the Tide is his first book.
0: Yeah, had, another debut a, author. Had, yeah.
1: Another debut author. Another overnight success, uh, 10 uh, years in the making. I, I think so,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> and he, his, his book's been compared to Philip Pullman and Northern Lights books. Yeah. Like, is that kind of, kind of children's fantasy, young adult?
0: Yeah, boy? no, it is. I... I I'm reading it to my daughters at the moment, and it is very much in that vein. Um,
1: but Are they enjoying it,
0: it? Yeah, they're enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it. So it's got that appeal. You know, it's a children's book that mm-hmm. adults can also enjoy. So it's, it's, and it was. I thought really good chat with Stuion as well to hear about his journey to getting published as well. Yeah. So well, that
1: person who's had a different experience than everyone. You know, everyone does seem to have their own their own journey, and it just shows that there's no one size fits all rule out there. So chart your own path.
0: Exactly, exactly. I so, yeah, tune in for next week's episode. It's a good one.
1: And as always, of course, if you would like to get in touch, please, please do send us an email to podcast please. at... We're in lockdown. Please, please send <laughs> us something. So bored. <laughs> <laughs> so lonely. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is uh, at right underscore gear, which is the name of our company. Page one is the name of the podcast and their notebook.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, Brand establishment there Brand info dump there yes. um, So yeah and we've also got Facebook and Instagram You can get all of that info on our website The link is in the uh, Bio of the podcast But at the moment we'll leave you with a bit more About that page on notebook And we'll speak to you next week
1: See you next week
0: See ya. The blank page To some it's terrifying An obstacle to overcome
1: Every story starts with page one.